Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on all platforms, so just search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow. You can also find us on our webpage, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. Now, on today's episode, we are excited to welcome up-and-comer Carter Faith. Now, Carter grew up with a love of music and singing and performing, but it wasn't until the age of 16 when she started songwriting that a career in music started to take hold. She attended Belmont University for songwriting beginning in 2018, and in 2020, she released her debut single. Now, things took off pretty quickly because in April of last year, 2021, she already had received over 5 million streams of her music, and that was before she even graduated from Belmont, which happened in December of last year. This year, she has signed with Universal Music Publishing. She has played the Opry for the second time and is set to hit the stage once again in October, and she'll also be heading over to the UK for some performances. It's been a, a wild ride and one we had a great time talking about. So please enjoy our conversation with Carter Faye. So I wanted to start out with Davidson, North Carolina is where you grew up. And I saw that in 2020, you posted that you had spent a lot of time with family at your favorite place. And it looked like it was maybe a big piece of land. So I was wondering if you grew up on a farm or if your grandparents had a farm or how how your childhood looked in that way. Yeah, I did not grow up on a farm. Um, honestly, I just grew up in an area where there was a lot of open land. Like when I moved to Nashville, it felt like a big city to me. Um, and then I remember like hearing people say how small of a city it was, Nashville was. And I was like, what? This is like big city, big lights to me. So right. I feel like I just grew up in a little small college town. Davidson College is in Davidson and everyone knew everyone. Um, I had never left town. Like it was just all I knew was that little area. So right. yeah, just like open fields and um, like long drives past open fields is like what I remember in my childhood driving around. <laughs> right. And some of the drives you used to take with were with your grandpa and yes. you've talked about that is where your love of country music began and him playing cassettes for you on those drives. And so yes. I wanted to hear about that, but also just uh, about the man he was and how he has inspired yeah. you as a person, not only within your love of country music. Oh, he's like my favorite person ever. Um, my grandpa's name is Jim. So grandpa Jim, um, he's my mom's dad and he um, he would drive me to preschool, actually, because both my parents worked. Um, they oh, okay. still do. And he would take me to preschool if we got there early. If he was like, Carter, if we get there early, I'll let you climb up in the front seat and pick a cassette you want to play. And you can sit in the front seat, which when you're little, it's like, oh, my God, the front seat, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just remember, like, all the cassettes, just wanting to pick the right one. And then it's like... I started remembering which ones I loved and it's still the music I love today. So I think he just thought it was like a fun thing. But for me, that is such a core memory of like who I am and um, my writing and my music. So that was really a special transformational 
moment, I guess. And then just growing up, he, I did like shows at this bar called Old Town Public House in Davidson. It's the only bar there. And I remember just, I didn't want to do them. I didn't want to do them because I get so nervous to go on stage, but um, my grandpa wanted me to play. So I would play for him. I would do like four hour cover shows like every month and then every week. Um, and he never missed a single one. So he just, I don't know, he'll still send me songs all the time. He couldn't be at the Opry when I made my debut, but he like listens and calls me after. It's just, yeah, he's really special. My biggest supporter for sure. That's awesome. And within your family, your parents and your siblings, was music a big part of life or was it more your grandpa that instilled that within you? So my dad loves country music. Um, He is another one who really shaped like my love of music because he would pick us up from like sports and school and um, just always have like rock music and country music playing. And that's like another one of my earliest memories. Um, So he loves music. None of my family is really musical except for my brother who loves playing piano and um He's a film writer, so he loves like writing and creating. But oh, okay. the rest of them are just not not the artsy kind. <laughs> and I wanted you to take me back to I don't know what age it was. I think it was pretty young. I think I saw you say something about putting on concerts for your stuffed animals. <laughs> and I wanted yes. you to talk about that and take us <laughs> back there. So when I was I mean, I feel like under 10, we're going to hope it was like six years old, probably. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, My brother actually was 18 months younger than me. And he, he just wanted to hang out with his older sister, I guess. Like I, I, so I made him do whatever I wanted. So usually it would be listening to me sing. Um, So it would just be all my stuffed animals and my little brother. And I would just like have a hairbrush, jump around in my bed, singing, um, the Wreckers and Dolly Parton and stuff and Taylor Swift. Um, and I would force him to clap for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was awesome. like, clap. <laughs> and so you talked about your grandpa sort of having to force you up on stage. But yes. within the performance, was that something you always loved, even though it's a little nerve wracking doing it in front of more people? Yeah, I, I definitely always love being on stage. So like I grew up doing dance and I did some plays and stuff. I I really loved it when I was with a ton of people on stage. Um, it felt like more like a security blanket, I guess. Right, yeah. But I think just the nerve came in when it was just me who had to sing. And like it felt like people, if they were judging my voice, they'd be judging me as a person, I guess. And I was way too insecure. I think at the time to realize that it wasn't about that. And I just loved to do it. So my insecurity definitely overshadowed my love for it for a while. Um, But then I really loved writing. I fell in love with writing and I wanted to go to school for it. So I had to overcome it somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And your songwriting at 16 it began Mm -hmm. i i read it was because you went through a heartbreak and none of your favorite artists or favorite songs were telling the story that were making you feel better and so just talk about that moment when songwriting began to take over and that spark that was lit inside of you yeah i so i was really sad about a guy um 
being super dumb. <laughs> and I remember I brought my guitar to the beach. Um, I brought it to South Carolina where my family, we go every year. And I had to practice for one of my shows coming up, one of my cover shows, because at that point I hadn't written anything. And again, like I was so nervous, I would practice a ton. So I brought my guitar on vacation to practice <laughs> for a very low stakes show, like a four hour show at the bar where my grandpa's going to be. But anyway, oh, okay. um, I was super upset about a guy and I was practicing my songs. And I was like, if I could just find a song that would make me feel better. And I know a lot of songs because I with <laughs> those are long shows and none of them were working. I was like shuffling music online and trying to find new stuff. Like I nothing was making me feel better. And um, I really all I can say is I just wrote it like I didn't I had to write it. I didn't think to my head like I'm going to write a song now. It just kind of poured out a little. And I think that's why. Right. So, um, and then I put it in my show and didn't tell anyone it was my song oh, wow. just to get a reaction. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I would assume that's similar to other writers that there's just one day you don't write. And then the next day you just are a writer. And, but I think you're always a writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what was the reaction to that song? Do you remember when you put it in your show? Um, I remember people didn't hate it and they, <laughs> definitely weren't like you I bet you wrote that huh because it's bad no they <laughs> thought it was like another cover so that was success for me <laughs> and as you were playing those shows and as you got on into songwriting you talked about at one point songwriting mm -hmm. taking over enough that you wanted to go to Belmont but before that when you were performing shows and doing the four-hour cover shows yes was music something that you saw as something more as something that might be something to pursue when you grew up Literally not at all. I, I like, I think in the back of my mind, like obviously when I was little, I would do sh shows for my brother and my yeah. stuffed animals, but, and I loved it and I knew I loved it. And I, I knew like my favorite thing to do is go to concerts. Like it was a very big part of what I loved, but I guess I didn't know anyone who had gone to Nashville ever even visited. I didn't know anyone who was a, professional musician so it just seemed kind of like fantasy land maybe like I, it didn't seem like that was a real thing people did right, <laughs> unless they yeah. were famous or I I remember vividly thinking how do people become famous singers without going on American Idol <laughs> <laughs> I was like what are the other avenues there can't be any right so right yeah I just think it seemed like so far away to me I would never have thought I would have um bit the bullet and did it and that is definitely because of my parents and my family supporting me and being like well we think you're pretty good here so maybe go try it out <laughs> now within your guitar playing i saw mm -hmm. an early cover video that you did and you had an acoustic guitar and it had a little a silver inset in the body and then i think i saw yes. you playing it later on of like a year or yes. two ago and i was just wondering the story behind that guitar Ugh, well, I'll grab it because it's too pretty not okay, to show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, I am not good enough at guitar to be able to own this, but I, this is my baby. Ah, there it um, is. Amazing. It's a Gretsch reverberator and it is just my literal pride and joy. Um, honestly, I thought it was beautiful and I had to have it. And oh, okay. 
I, but the strings on it are thicker. So if you know anything about guitar playing, I have very like small girly hands, right? So like nylon strings are easier for me to play. Right. Um, but this guitar, it would just be like a sin to put nylon strings on it. So I have these really thick, um, you know, swampy strings on it. And I've definitely, this is how I like learn to get better at guitar is playing those hard strings. And um, cause it's too pretty not to play. So it's kind of inspired me to get better. <laughs> But I love that guitar so much. It's my baby. <laughs> That's amazing. And I also saw a video, a more recent cover video, where you mentioned that the guitar might be out of tune because you hadn't changed the strings since <laughs> yes. high school. And I was wondering yes. about that guitar. Was that like your first guitar or one of your first? Oh, okay. So I had a brown guitar at first, and I think my parents still have it. And then I got this black guitar because I thought it was cool. Um, I didn't even change the strings when I bought it from the store. Um, and I kind of got, I was into like a lot of nineties music in high school and like alternative indie stuff. So I liked that they were out of tune. Oh, okay. So my guitar learning has been based on the guitars I've had basically like this one. I never learned really how to change strings because I ended up liking them sounding bad. But then if you go back and play guitar four years later, it's it's not good anymore. <laughs> right. So um, the rest of mine I've learned to tune and I've learned to who to ask to change my strings. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I can't do it, honestly. And so how did your guitar playing progress? Is it something that you just taught yourself to do over time? So um, my brother and I, tried to take piano lessons. I was more of, I didn't like taking lessons from people necessarily. Oh, okay. And I got nervous again to like play for my teacher. Even I, I just had such anxiety about performing, I guess, music. But then I knew who Taylor Swift was and I really wanted to be like Taylor Swift. So I bought a guitar and uh, my piano teacher taught me a few chords like the ones I still know to this day, he taught me. Um, but I kind of didn't improve past that, honestly. I think I've learned like, well, I've had people say like, I play a guitar a certain way. And it's not like, they don't say it's bad or good. I think it's more to bad. But I I just know how to play it for myself. I don't use a pick because um, I can't for some reason. Every time I try to use a pick, it really stresses me out. So I just use my fingernails, oh, never wow. my nails painted. Um, I can strum a, like I can finger pick a little, but it's always the same vibe <laughs> if I do that. So I just, but the thing about guitar for me is I don't need to be that good at it to write songs and to get my way around a song that I really need to get out. Right. Um, so I love, I, I just, I don't know. I would never, I would love to be better at guitar, but I would never say I'm bad because it's like been the reason I was able to write some of the songs I love the most, you know? Yeah, exactly. And now within your songwriting and going to Nashville, now I think I saw a photo from 2017 that you were in Nashville with your mom on a yes. trip. Now, was that to go and look at Belmont? Did you know you wanted to go there at that point? 
So that was my first trip to Nashville and it was a college tour visit. So I toured Belmont University and Vanderbilt. Um, I ended up only applying to Belmont. I didn't even fall in love with the school necessarily. It was a great school and I'm really grateful to have gotten an education there. I just knew I had to be in Nashville. I think like I feel like a lot of people I've met um, and then moved here for music have felt that way. Like the first time you come, it's just, this is where all my people are. Like, this is where my soul is meant to be. So um, I just applied to Belmont, like right as applications opened and never turned back really. And it was kind of a spur of the moment thing because I started writing at 16 and in 2017, I've had fallen in love with it so much that I decided to go to school for it, which I'm grateful that that spontaneity was like somehow put on my soul, but cause I'm not usually like that, but um, yeah, just crazy how life happens and pushes you. Yeah. What was it do you think that made you at that point just say like jump off the ledge and say, I'm going to do this. So we did go to this um, open mic night you know, we Googled like where to go see music and um, I couldn't go to Broadway yet. I was 17. So right. Um, we went to this place called Douglas Corner Cafe, which sadly closed down, um, I think, during the pandemic, which was really sad. But I remember like, OK, there was a time there was a guy playing who like played there frequently and asked if anyone wanted to come up and play because it was like an open mic thing, which I had no idea what that was. But oh, OK. I was like, I'll play, I guess. I mean, probably my parents were like, you, you should play, <laughs> go up and play. <laughs> right. And honestly, I remember people afterwards saying I was good. And it felt it meant something different in Nashville for people to come up to me after I played and say I was good. Right. And in yeah. Davidson, North Carolina. And I was like, am I good? <laughs> like, am I is this just a hobby? Like, could I actually make a living out of this? And I was like, I think that was a big reason because again, it felt so far away. And then to get in and the people who are in and in the club, like saying you're good. I don't know. That means the world when you're 17 year old insecure girl. So that was probably a big reason. Right. And then, so when you went did you have an artist focus? Like you were going to study songwriting, but did you also have the mindset of, I want to also be an artist or were you very focused on songwriting at that point? I was really focused on writing, um, but it was always with the intention of being able to sing my own songs. Um, I did, the first year I was here, like I played some rounds that were like bucket list rounds of mine at the time. And I just remember every time being like, I need better songs. You know, I, I, I would go to class from 8 a.m. to 10 or whatever, and then write after every day, sometimes a double with anyone who would write with me, just even by myself in practice rooms or like just anyone from class or from town I could find on Instagram to DM. Like I just, anyone who would write with me, I needed to, I knew I needed really good songs. I knew that was what like drove um, a career in Nashville with staying power, I think, which was really important to me. I think I kind of tried to approach it from a business angle because that's what my parents knew and taught me. Um, But also I was alone in Nashville, somewhere I'd never been before. 
and I wanted to make friends. And um, a lot of my first friends are actually, you know, 10, 20 years older than me because they're just writers who I felt a lot of um, like peace around. So that first year was definitely about writing, writing, writing. Um, And then I started playing out more and getting more comfortable with that and just starting to gain some confidence, I think, was next. Right. And now two of the friends I believe you made were Margaret and Jen, who were a very big part to your first music. They co-wrote with you. I believe they produced the music with you. So how did those relationships come about and how important have they been for you? Yeah, I mean, those two people are everything to me. Um, First people I wrote with in town. um, And they were like, let's write every week. You know, it wasn't like, great, write for the newbie. Right. Never talk to you again. They, oh, okay. they, we just, I felt connected to them. I, um, Margaret actually was like someone who I knew who brought me to town and was okay. like, you could be good at this. So, um, I think them too. I think if I write with them for the rest of my life, I will always be telling my authentic story. Um, because they have this magic way of, making you feel secure enough to do it one and making you feel like empowered to tell a story and that everything you have to sing and say matters. So they mean a lot to me. Um, I think, I think they will have amazing careers, hopefully along my side. (laughs) And now in 2019, I believe just, I don't know, your second year in Belmont, I think you won the Mm -hmm. ASCAP writer showcase. Yes. Now what did that do for your confidence in knowing that this career was possible? I mean, first of all, getting in was really cool. And because so many songwriters I looked up to that went to Belmont had done that same round and just been in it, like not even one maybe, but um, so getting into it was really awesome. I was like, that was a goal of mine going into my sophomore year. And a company called Altadena was judging it and I won. And then a couple weeks later, they called me and asked to have a meeting and if I wanted to work together and like them help me develop my early sound. Um, and so that was, that was um, the next step, I guess, was they helped me meet more people and um, together we put out my first EP, which was really, is always going to be very special to me. That is my other child besides my guitar here. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, I think it showed me like the real side of Nashville and music row. Um, because the Vel- the Belmont version of it, your freshman year, is always different, you know? Right, Showed me yeah. um, what it really takes and that I was going to do it, so that I was jumping in. So that was really helpful for my career, for sure. Right, and now as an artist, before going to Belmont, you were playing, you were playing shows, you were writing your own music, but once you won that contest and you moved towards your first music as a true artist, what was that like? Did you find yourself evolving quite a bit from who you had been back when you were 16, 17 playing local shows? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. I think even today, the song I wrote today, I'm like, I had to write for years to be able to write this song, you know, um, with the people I wrote it with. So I think the first song I put out, which is called Leaving Tennessee, means a lot to me because it's like, 
totally the I'm still proud of that sound and that song and I would still sing it today and mean every word and so I definitely wanted that to be my debut song um I wanted to feel that way about my debut song and I think um once I wrote that song probably a few months before with Margaret and Jen it just felt different than the songs I was writing at the time because I was still learning and improving and um it felt like competitive, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think like usually those are the songs I love because, well, I think they're competitive because I love them, right? But I think also having an education um, in songwriting and the music business and seeing everything for like a couple years shows you what you, it takes and what you need and the type of song that people really connect with. Um, the type of writing people really connect with. Um, so I thought getting to release that felt like I'm legit now. <laughs> like I, I have music out and I am proud of it and believe in it. Right. And a lot of artists I talk to who are more established, they have music in the past that is going to be lost there because they put it out when they were young. It's not representative of who they are as an artist but it helped them to grow as an artist so what is it like for you to have your first music hit so well and have so much success and not necessarily have that music that's going to be left in the past yeah I I hope that's how I always feel about it I think it is um like we're coming up on a year of my EP being out and I'm really I still love it like I'm really proud of it I have to say, I think that's because I've written my butt off. Like I have gone through the bad songs, you know? Um, Right. Yeah. So I think that is probably why. And I still feel, I don't know that those were personal songs. So I, I'm still that same person. I I still like relate to it. Um, But getting to release something and having people react so well right off the bat was like, soul changing honestly i i feel like i realized how many people around me in my actual life support me unconditionally and that was really confidence boosting and like gratitude boosting and then i i started getting messages from people who didn't know me and weren't just listening to my songs cuz they loved me um and that was kind of when it all changed for me mentally because i wrote a song for a purpose but when other people heard it they had their own connection to it so getting like messages of people who listened to it and had this completely different connection to the song but still felt like I wrote it just for them because I did like it was so special you know like I wrote it for me I wrote it for everyone else though who listens to it and um getting through to them was really really special to me it almost like showed me my most favorite part of this business without me have knowing it was going to be my favorite or the reason why I did it. Um, so yeah, that's like the biggest thing I remember about that time period. Right. And now your music did very well right off the start. And I mean, when did you graduate? Was it 2021 or 2022? 2021, December. Okay. So before yeah. that, even I believe in April, of 2021 I saw you post that you had five million streams of your music and so during that 
phase of 2021 and your artist career is starting to blow up, but you're mm-hmm. still in school. What was that balance like? <laughs> oh, oh, I was just trying to graduate. Honestly, I, um, yeah, <laughs> I won't say much more than that, but I was really just trying to fulfill my education that my parents like really, it mattered for them so much. And so it mattered to me, of course. Um, I was trying to finish that and I was trying to just keep it all going and just keep improving, you know, like when I think I was like, Oh, people like this. They'll like my other stuff, but I, I need to write more stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. So I was like, got to keep going, got to keep going. <laughs> That's awesome. And so at one point I saw you mentioned something about not getting jaded in this industry and your goal of, of not getting jaded. And so what has it been like, since you graduated and sort of immersed yourself within the industry, is it mm-hmm. important to keep that sort of wonderlust within you and not let it become too much of a day job along the way? Yeah, I think it's important to actually be somewhere in the middle. I've kind of realized like getting into the business a little more because you have to know that it's a business and there's going to be people who love this business, love the creativity, everything in it. But there's always going to be people who um, maybe feel it in a different way or want to be a part of it in a different way. I mean, that's why we have all sorts of jobs, right? So I think just knowing your personal boundaries and then like where other people and in the business interact with that and what energy you should give them and what you should not is important. But I will say, I hope I never stop being a fan because I got to play CMA Fest and it is so cool. Like, I'm like, I want to go to fanfare, you know, like this is, I mean, I'm in Nashville because I love country music. And so getting to be good at it and like do it for a living is awesome. But it's also cool getting to go see concerts and um, just be in Music City where it all happens. You know, I, I drive down Music Row every day because I want, I want to like, I guess I drive down Music Row every day in the day that it doesn't feel like Disney World to me or like special. I should leave or take a break because I think to be grateful for your life, you have to see a little magic in it, Um, even if it's in the very mundane things. But these are not mundane things. You know, this is where hit songs are being created and like really amazing art is being created. And I just want to be a part of that. So I want to always be grateful that I'm a part of that and that um, the, I guess the privilege and the honor that comes with that, I think is really important to just hold really close to your heart. Right. And now with that in mind and on the show side of things and performing, uh, you had a chance to play at the Ryman for Whiskey Jam's 10th anniversary. And you've also had the opportunity to play the Opry twice now. And I believe you have a third date coming up this (laughs) October. And so within those (laughs) venues and Mm -hmm. not seeing country music as a career when you were younger, not coming until later, did you understand the history behind those venues before you came to Nashville? So I, I feel like the first trip I made to Nashville was probably when I wrapped my head around it all. Like I'd heard about the Opry in history books, of course, and in like documentaries, I'd never been to Tennessee. So I didn't know like 
I had never been close enough to it to feel it, I guess. But even like stepping in the Ryman, wow, there's just nothing like it. I like, there's actually nothing like it. I, I think everyone who goes there can feel that magic. And then getting to play the Opry is like, I was completely overwhelmed with emotion, like honor and gratitude, like I said before, but also just like, there is history in the walls there and in the air. There's like magic. It's just everyone's grateful to be there. Everyone's honored. Um, yeah, I will never, I think I've heard other people say this too, but I think like if that's the height of my career and I just know I can always play the Opry, then that would be fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not because I'm going to work hard for really amazing things to happen, but that is really something special. It feels like a diploma even, like no one can take away from me that I played at the Opry and how special that is. Right. And within the specialness of your career, your grandpa and his love for country music, do you think he's been able to wrap his mind around the fact that <laughs> he can pop your CD in and listen to you? I think he, my grandparents live in a old folks community and he loves telling everyone what I've done. I mean, I think he, that, yeah, it means a lot to me when I get to tell him about my career and they got to come see me graduate actually. And I played a show and I could just see, like, he hasn't seen me play since high school. And so that oh, wow. is so special for me. Um, yeah, I got to be on a billboard in Times Square because of this Spotify exclusive class. And he kept telling everyone I was on the bulletin board in Times Square. So that <laughs> was sweet. <laughs> That's amazing. And now heading into your new music, your last Opry performance, which was just like, 10 days ago yes. <laughs> um, you played greener pastures which is your newest single and then already crazy which is yes. a new song that you debuted that night and so talk about this new music and the new era mm -hmm. of you as an artist that you feel you're moving into with this music yeah I well I'm so excited because I think what was really important to me when I was putting the songs together for my EP was that it was well-rounded and there was a theme of like being it's they're my songs but um I, I just wanted something well-rounded people could listen to and like feel if they're trying to find a certain emotion I was confident it would be in there and so I want I hope my record is like that again um a record I'm making and I just want it to be authentic to me. And of course, country as heck inner um, storytelling. But I think it's also really important to me for the music to sound good and just have a dope vibe and for people to kind of escape into it. So that's all I'll say about that. I think that's really important to me um, in all the aspects of the art of it. So I'm just really excited. Right. And now Ben West, you worked with him I think your first single was Easy Pill mm -hmm. back in December 2020 that you worked yes. with him. Are you still working with him on all of this new music? We'll see. I think I've been writing a ton with the person I wrote Already Crazy and Greener Pasture with, Topher Brown, and he's um, an amazing producer. You know, it might be a bunch of random people. I think I haven't gotten that far yet in the planning, 
or maybe I have, but I think um, I I like to follow things and how they feel and where I think they'll be best served. So I think we'll see who, yeah, who who the vibe follows, you know, and who wants to be a part of it, really. And how has the studio experience changed and evolved for you ever since, I guess, around 2019 when you started working on music? How has that changed for you? Well, I think now um, I view it less as something super intimidating and that I don't know a ton about. And now I, I view it as like, these are my songs that I wrote and some of the most amazing musicians in the world. Like we have to find the magic that serves the song. And um, so that it's just really fun. Honestly, it's like, those are my favorite days because you get to try things. Um, You're, you're kind of like following the journey of the song itself and just trying to work all together. It feels like you're all coming together to be part of something really special and like otherworldly almost. I could, I don't know how to explain like the creation process besides like really magical. And now in March you signed with universal publishing. Yes. Now how has that changed sort of your path? And now not only going in to write and focus on your music, but also Mm -hmm. sort of writing as a career and writing for other people. I feel like the luckiest person ever to get to do what I love on the daily as my job. So I, all I feel right now is grateful and excited. Um, It's honestly helped me find my own voice and my own sounds to write with people who are in this business so long and then also new people try with for other artists to write different genres like that has been really refreshing and like healing in a way for my own um artistic creative journey so it's been like really awesome it's just fun I get to make things up every day (laughs) and has it made life very busy for you after signing that, or were you already writing enough that it was filling your days and keeping you busy? I was already writing a lot just because I'm so obsessed with it, but I definitely, it feels more good pressure, I think, but also like I can trust someone that I'm going to have something to do the next day and I don't have to book my own calendar or confirm anything. Like it just feels, it actually feels probably busier but more organized and um it just feels like steady a little (laughs) right yeah now I mentioned that you're going to be making another Opry appearance in October and then after that you're you're going to be heading to the UK for a couple of shows yes how exciting Uh, is that I'm so excited I've never been to the UK and um but I get a lot of dms from people over there which mean the world to me so I'm just excited to get to see the world doing what I love um, with some really talented people and get to meet different kinds of people that I have never gotten to meet and get to connect with them. I'm so excited. I think about it every day. (laughs) And so when you look back, even just two years ago, where you were and where you've been able to come both as a songwriter as an artist, Mm -hmm. are you able to wrap your head around that and internalize it? No, (laughs) I don't think so. I hope, I hope I'm always growing at this speed. I think 
as humans, we just are always changing and ever growing. But I think, uh, yeah, like I know I've said it so many times, but how could I not be grateful for what has happened for my career and my life? Um, Some things have been really hard, but ultimately super great learning experiences at the end of the day. And um, yeah, I just think I, I don't know how I got so lucky to do this and be able to do this, but I'm really grateful and I, I want to hold on to it as long as I can, um, you know, make myself proud, make other people proud. I just want to put some good into the world, honestly. And making people proud. Let's talk about your family. I believe for your EP, you mentioned that they were there for like the week long tracking process of yeah. that and they also sang gang vocals on one of <laughs> yes. the songs and so yes. what does that support meant in having a family that's willing to do that for you well I am not um not even the fact that that is not always the case so I really am so grateful for them um you know like they got to be here for my Opry debut which was just awesome and if they're not here, they're listening online or following along. So I I think I would not be here without them. Um, There's no doubt in my mind of that. So, um, you know, I hope to be half the parents that my parents are and my siblings and I are super close there. I'm so proud of them. And so it's, it's really easy for us all to be really happy for each other because we love each other so much. So I'm just grateful for that. I, I think like, I always want to keep people who actually care about me and understand what I want to do with my life. Or if they don't, they still support it close to me. So I feel really lucky to have such an amazing family. Right. And so what does the future hold? I know you probably can't say much, um, but are you officially working on an album? Not, I mean, yes and no. (laughs) I definitely will have new music out sooner rather than later. Um, And I think I'm just really excited. I can't wait to play it out live and um, see what people think of it. I want to ask you a very important question. Okay. And get your feelings that you've had for, I don't know how long about being abducted by aliens. Is that a real (laughs) fear of yours? Yes, it is. Um, actually, I am kind of, <laughs> okay, I'm obsessed with just otherworldly things and just like, what if, I mean, what if, right? I think it's just fun to think about, but I'm terrified of getting abducted by aliens. Honestly, like getting abducted for a night or something and like seeing what was up there and then getting dropped back off. I, If I knew I was getting dropped back off, I think I would do it but if I had the choice but um if it's not if that's not the case then I'm terrified of what possibly could happen to me (laughs) so yes that is a real fear oh that's hilarious and one last (laughs) thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go so I believe that back in March of 2017 you had the opportunity to play the bluebird and then you played again in 2022 and then mm-hmm. also another show that I saw you had was opening for Caitlin Smith, yes. who is someone that you saw in high school perform. Yes. And so I just yeah. wanted to ask you about these full circle moments that you're already having within your career and what I those know. mean to you. Those are kind of the 
moments where I feel like most present, I think, because I have something to not only compare it to, but just like relate it to. So, cause the bluebird, I, I waited in line to play the open mic at the bluebird oh, okay. when I came for that first time and got to play one song. Um, and getting to play it like as an artist who deserves to be there or they're telling you deserves to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, that is full cir- full circle as heck. And then getting to s- just, I've always been a fan of Caitlin and then getting to open for her because she picked me really. I can't even say how much that means to me. So um, yeah, I think full circle moments are a really big deal to me. And I think just in life, like remind us that, you know, life keeps moving and usually, you know, hopefully it's for the good, but even when something bad happens, it's like, well, I I handled this differently than I would have before, or now I know something I didn't. And so I just think like reflecting on your past while living presently is really important to me. Thank you once again so much for listening. And thank you to Carter for stopping by and sharing her story. Be sure to check out her newest single, Greener Pastures, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on all platforms. So just head over, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow. You can also find us at countrymusicmademe.com. There you can sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit the subscribe button. Thank you once again so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.